2: plushcare.com slash weight loss Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers Now here are three guys who put the fine in fine woodworking Mark, Matt and Shannon All right, welcome to Wood Talk number 318 for August 1st, 2016. On today's show, we're talking about poly getting thicker, green lumber, and uh, some voicemail roulette. So that's going to be interesting. It's been a couple of weeks, and we've got a pile of voicemails. We're just going to run through them, and uh, we haven't previewed them, so who the heck knows what we're going to find. Now, before we get to that, we normally would talk about our sponsors and folks who sent in money to help support the cause, but there are no one. There are no one. That's good English. There are no one. There are no one to speak of. And uh, nobody Yeah So uh, thanks a lot for that people Nice to support us now But seriously um, If you do want to help out the show We'll we'll mention your name here At the top of the show uh, And you can do that at Woodtalkshow.com Look in the side column You'll see some donation links And we certainly appreciate your support It's that kind of support That helps us uh, come back every week When we're not getting our throat cut And having things removed Because that's kind of The only justifiable reason Not to be on a show Right? I would think so. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. So if you want to do that, that's cool. Sponsors, don't worry about them. We handle that side of things. Um, let's see. Let's just move right on into what's on the bench. So thanks for for keeping the boat afloat last week, gentlemen. Um, and I do appreciate the, the the references to my my throat parts being on my workbench. That was funny to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that very much. You. <laughs> Yeah so uh, so everyone who listened last week knows I had some uh, thyroid stuff taken care of and uh, honestly you know, I feel better than I felt in months and that's a, that's a good sign. Um, so I still do have some voice discomfort um, but it's, I feel like it's getting under control now and I'm feeling more like myself and, uh, and that's the key. So I did get back in the shop and got some stuff filmed and trying to kind of get back in the swing of things and I was playing with turbines. Uh, it did a little turbine video, just showing people, you know, what what they could look for, price comparisons, and quality, and things like that. And it's, you know, one of the the side effects of doing this kind of a woodworking show and and sort of talking to the public constantly. And this is a good problem to have. I mean, who wouldn't want this? But you you end up with a lot of extra stuff. You know, things that you may not necessarily <laughs> use. And I'm, I'm pretty good about giving the stuff away. You know, I'll give it to someone or I'll sell it extremely cheap, um, but I don't like to hold on to extra things I'm not using. Like there's no no, no good comes of these tools just sitting around not being used, right? So um, I started to do this, uh, this episode and I realized that I've got like six turbine sprayers in the shop. That's ridiculous and it's so stupid. So at the end of the show I'm like, you know what, let me throw in a quick giveaway. I'm going to give away the Rockler one that I bought just for this episode. Uh, Let me see if I, you know, who do I know that could use one of these things? Let me see if I could ship one out to them. So I'm kind of trying to call the herd of turbines here a little bit and just keep the ones uh, maybe two, you know, because I like to double fist it sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: so yeah. <But>, I mean, <laughs> any more than two? I mean, you only
2: have two hands. Yeah, any so. more than two is just ridiculous, right? And she want to like rubber band them together. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. So and it's yeah. it's all good. So I've got a bunch. I'm still trying to clean it all up, but it, uh, it makes me laugh every time I look at it. It's a bunch of turbines, but you know, don't well, don't you know? I mean, I got a second gun
1: for my earlex just because I'm like really paranoid about sure. mixing like cross contamination or whatever. Even though I clean them. Like, you know, I'm really meticulously cleaning. It was like my worst fear that I'm going to ruin the gun yeah. by not cleaning it. So I've got one for oil and one for water base. So I suppose, you know, you could just have one for lacquer and
2: one for shellac and one for <laughs> like oil base and one for your water base. you know. Well, see, more than one gun is actually a very reasonable thing. Um, That's what I do. More than one turbine, however. (laughs) Now, more than one turbine, unless, like you said, unless you're truly double fisting it. I mean, seriously, people get good at doing weird things, right? Why shouldn't I practice with two hands and see if I just can't finish faster?
3: Can you, you like hook them together and get like a nine stage <laughs> turbine?
1: Or? Seriously, oh. does a two stage plus a four stage equal a six stage turbine?
2: <laughs> well, hey, for the, see, the thing is, I've got a five stage. Truth is, I only need like two or three for most clear finishes, so it probably has enough power that if I could put like a, a Y in the line and split it <laughs> off, <laughs> now we're go. talking, boys. This is good now, stuff. Now you have a powder <laughs> coater. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, this is good. Well, I'm going to send this information to Fuji and be like, look, I've got a product idea for you. What do you think about this? <laughs> it's a why. <lie. clears throat> yeah. They're going to be like, uh, stick to video games, Spagnuolo. That's That's what you're good at. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. So, uh, other than that, though, not really any woodworking stuff. I've just got so much, you know, work that I've been behind on. Just dealing with all this health crap has kind of set me back a little bit. So I'm just trying to get my uh, head back in the game. Uh, just glad to get a video out, which was was really nice. Just to hit that publish button. You know, you guys know how it is. Every time you do it, it's you kind of feel a, a relief.
3: Best day of my life.
2: Yeah, but it lasts for a couple of hours, right? Because then after yeah. it's done, you're like, all right, what's next? for so. the next one exactly i hate that but anyway it's out there it's good i'm happy and uh that's about all that's going on with me so uh matt how about you sir i'm um still rocking the farmhouse table build mm. i
3: got um i'm applying I'm finish to the top right now because that's the hardest thing to move and it's like staying outside so i'm like every day i'm like looking at the forecast like is it gonna rain today can i kind of like maybe get a coat on before it rains yeah that kind of fun stuff and it's been interesting finishing outside because all kinds of fun stuff just drops right into your finish as it's curing
2: yeah it's a whole different variable there it's
3: very interesting and this epiphane stuff takes a long time to cure yeah it does like people complain like oh wipe on Paula takes forever to apply I'm like no I'm like I have to wait like full 24 hours between coats here mm-hmm. this takes a long time to apply I've been applying since last Thursday and what's, what's, got, what's like, your humidity
2: what's your humidity situation up there right now
3: I'm not going to ask Siri. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Siri, what's the humidity like? Hey,
3: Siri, what's the humidity
2: index? You don't listen to me? Ah, eh, whatever. She's just no. She doesn't, know. She doesn't, she doesn't know. want to she, talk to me right now. Don't know. We don't care.
3: She says, checked, too long. Matthew.
2: Didn't read. Ah. Either way, can you just give me a, like, is it humid? It's. Not as human as it used to be, but yeah, it's summer.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, Typical. I'll open a window. Stick your head out, Matt. That, that's how you check the humidity. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family guy. Now, what it's about – Was it –
2: We
3: got that.
1: 76 today. Okay.
3: Oh, okay. So my point is the
2: humidity Hi. could be an exacerbating factor in this as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
3: I, I don't disagree with
1: that.
2: Okay. What about that comment or suggestion? I can't remember how it came to us,
1: but somebody suggested actually turning the table upside down. And like finishing on the underside to keep stuff from like dropping into it. I'd be curious to see how they had to support it supported upside down so you
2: could mm, right.
3: finish the, the whole, whole
2: surface. surface. Right.
1: That's a
3: weird I suggestion. I could like put it over some kind it. of frame and screw it to the bottom side. I, again, no, I don't I mean,
1: know. You're going to screw through to the bottom anyway to the, to the, you're going to screw the top to the base, right? On the bottom yeah. side.
2: I was thinking, so I have just to, put I have like to, eye hooks
1: to, and like hang it from your. I don't know
2: That's such, <laughs> That's such Come a weird on. idea And then you get finished dripping in your face And you're sliding on like mm. a, a dolly that's <laughs> That doesn't oh, sound fun there. at all
1: Think of the great footage you could get of that
2: <laughs> In that case, Matt, go for it I mean, And you could,
1: put, okay. like, you could put uh, your son on it Like a swing
2: And it oh could swing
1: God. back and forth And then you wouldn't have to move the brush Yeah, My wife would kill me if it wasn't like More than an inch above the ground you could tie him down to the tabletop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's, there's, there's nothing risky about that at all. He's going in a good direction. I like. This. <laughs> yep. No. Um, so have you have you mentioned anything about the guild on this one, or do we want to let the the cat out of the bag here? Or I, I have not. Would you like to? Anything. You just did, Mark. I mean, you just did. I did. But there's always <laughs> editing, guys. Yeah. You know, could oh. I could work magic there if I needed to. Um, all right. Well, Promise. yeah. Let the cat out of the bag because this is not this is this not going to be a project because that's the other thing. I get a little bit. Apprehensive about talking too much about things that will be behind a paywall, because um, then you get people excited about it and they go, "Well, damn! Now I have to pay for it."
1: Oops! I guess so, we better go back and re-record last
2: week's episode then. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch the full episode, so <laughs> <laughs> we talked about the table for what fifteen minutes. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure but there was, it was a good discussion. Good discussion. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. So yeah, Crazy. cat out of the bag. It's going to be in the guild. Uh, that's that's. Woo-hoo. It's slated for early 2017, and Matt and I have some. Uh, cool plans. I'm trying to bring Matt in as you know more of a partner in this than than simply just making a project for us. So 2017 should be a much more substantial year. The farmhouse table is one of those builds and we've got some really cool things cooking up. It's been a, a couple, last three or four days has been kind of nuts. <laughs> like trying to bat ideas back and forth about what people would like the most and what makes the most sense. So I'm um, trying to incorporate someone into the guild, which to me is a natural thing. For a lot of people it's weird. You know, so they, they don't know how to deal with another person. Like that's not me in there which is such a foreign concept to me but I guess I've established this habit in the guild and uh and having someone else in there is just kind of um it's it's difficult it's weird but I think Matt's the perfect choice for it so having him come in and do things things that I wouldn't normally do with materials I might not normally have access to I think it's awesome so anyway farmhouse table is going to be part of that so just heads up we'll have more information on it when it's available Woohoo. yeah it's very cool well good very stuff. cool so Shannon how about you you have it looks like some French words in the in the <laughs> that's here. Uh,
1: yeah. Well, the the what the polar opposite of
2: Mark playing with his twelve
1: stage turbine is me, rubbing my wood with a broom. Wow, <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the polissoir, let's just, I'm not even going to try to do the French polisher, <laughs> French for polisher, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, it's kind of been around, uh, I mean, it's certainly been around for hundreds of years, but Don Williams kind of reinvigorated it a couple of years ago. I've seen him demonstrate it a couple of times. For those of you that don't know, it's coming out of the the whole Rubo translation that Lost Art Press has been doing with Don Williams. And it's it's a a bundle of, of broom straw or bundle of rushes, stream rushes, that you're essentially using to burnish the wood, but then also to apply a wax finish. And I've been playing with it on and off for uh, a couple of years. Uh, bought a couple of these uh, polishers from from Don. He has a uh, like an old timey broom maker making them in the Shenandoah Mountains, which is kind of cool. I just hear banjos every time I play with it. <laughs> um, but it it is it's an awesome technique. I mean, like the first time you try it, you're kind of sold because it is certainly it, it creates a really incredible shine. Um, I mean, Mark, you've gone through the whole pumice and rotten stone thing and rubbing out a finish and everything. This is the same principle, although there's really not a lot of abrasive going on here. Um, there certainly is some, historical debate on what material was used and stream rushes will have a little bit of of abrasiveness to them but this is such a tactile finish like you can just use the polisher raw with no wax or anything like that and just use it to burnish the the wood and you get this amazing feel like silky smooth more than any smoothing plane or 600 1200 grit sandpaper could ever produce for you and it's it's really amazing Um, and then you apply a little bit of wax and it it heats it up and allows the wax to uh, flow into the pores, and it combines pore filling with burnishing and a high gloss or control the gloss based upon how much you you rub it. it it's a pretty cool technique, um, pretty straightforward too. <laughs> Take the broom, rub it on the wood. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, I I like it. I you know have been playing around with it. Haven't really used it on a full blown furniture project, nor do I think I would use it for the entire furniture project. You know, I wouldn't like furnish the legs or anything like that. It would just be like the tabletop or maybe a drawer front or something like that. Um, but had a lot of fun with it. I did a presentation of it, um, for the Hansel school apprentices the other day. And now I've got this piece of sapili that is just like blindingly reflective and oh so silky smooth. And it's just sitting on my bench and I like get distracted and rub
2: it. So I've got a question. Yeah. Why are you thinking about rubbing <laughs> your wood? Yeah. Um, this type of thing. I remember there was a demo that Festool used to do with uh, their um, random orbit Sanders, just showing how they they go from a rough piece of um, yeah. stock and bring mm-hmm. it all the way up to the highest grits. And this thing is just like what you're describing, super shiny, and we're not even there's like no finish involved whatsoever. It's just abrasion, um, which ultimately is what this thing is doing. Just a you know very high grit, if you want to give it a name. Um, so that type of finish doesn't stay that way very long. And even if you add a little wax into it, it tends to not stay that way very long unless you're talking about something that only gets put up on a shelf and never touched. So that's what I'm curious with something like this. How long does that finish last? Is it something that you are intended to do periodically? And like the the sort of practicality of something like this is what I always question because, and and especially wax-only finishes, They don't look Mm -hmm. that good for very long. Like you always see it right after and everybody goes, oh my gosh, that's just gorgeous. But let's look at it in six months. What does it look like? So that's what I think when I see something like this, it feels like one of those almost too good to be true because it is too good to be true. It's not going to look like that for very long unless you repeat the process again.
1: Right I mean, and that... and that's where in, in a lot of the just the experimentation I've been doing with it is kind of part of that long game. I want to <clears> see <throat> what these test boards look like a year from now. Um, I've got a I've got a box that I built that I use the the polisher on that's I guess it's about eight months old, mm-hmm. and it still looks exactly the same, but that's only eight months. Um, right. There is a a blog post that Christopher Shores wrote because, of course, he's been one of the champions of this whole thing, and he he first demonstrated this like two or three years ago. And kind of did the same thing I did where there's, like, this board that's just, like, hanging out in the corner of his shop. And he took pictures of it, and it looks exactly the same. And I think the difference here... But it's
2: untouched, um, right?
1: Correct. It's yeah.
2: unhandled. It's I mean, Of course it looks the same.
1: I think one of the main differences here is... This is not really you can use like a paste wax or a renaissance wax or something like that a soft wax with it and it certainly makes a huge effect but where this really shines is when you use a hard wax. Yeah. Um you know we're talking like beeswax that you know, dent your tabletop when you, <laughs> you whack it on the tabletop. Um and the friction Sorry, just closed my door. My wife just came home. Um the the friction that builds it up Uh, allows it to flow really deeply into the pores Mm -hmm. and you're actually building up this, this surface that is quite hard. So I think from a durability perspective, and of course the, the, the gloss is based upon the uniformity of that surface. You know, the, the fewer scratches, the, the shinier it, it will be. So I think the, the difference that you see with a lot of those wax or paste wax finishes is it's a very soft wax and you're not getting it to really penetrate that deeply here you're actually like adding this hard film over top of it. Yeah. Um so again, I have no empirical evidence over time because I haven't been using it long enough. Um, from what I've been told from from Chris and then even from from Don Williams, who of course has been doing this for, you know, many, many years, is that it is a heck of a lot more durable than your typical wax finish. Okay. But, well that's good. Know, to, hear. It,
2: to me, it's still open to, you know,
1: to debate because I just don't know yet
2: and ultimately wax is still wax or more accurately wax is not polyurethane or shellac. You know, yeah, you're still right. in that di- completely different class no. of I'm going to give mean, it, I minute. wouldn't do this on a dining table. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'll yes, give it, I'll give it the air quotes when I say the word film, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, okay, sort of like a film, but it's one that's going to wear and doll and not. So, you know, it's still not a finished piece and that's where my concern would be with it. But it's, yeah. it's interesting nonetheless. It's kind of a cool, cool technique.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think ultimately, I would still probably combine it with something else, um, some sort of penetrating oil or whatever to really bring up the color and the, and the, the luster and depth in the wood sure, sure. and then use this as kind of a, a top coat. Yeah. Because this, I mean, it, it definitely soaks in to the wood and it's mm-hmm. great for a porous wood. Like I was using Sapili um, really great for that because it helps you fill those pores really, really quickly. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know, honestly, how it will look over time. Um, I can tell you, like the, um, what's that stuff called? The stuff that that uh, Charles Brock was th- oh, all about, the three part, the finish, mas- master finish, something yeah, or master, yeah. whatever it's called, masterpiece. Um, or, yeah, you're right. I use that on on a pedestal table, and of course, the top coat of that is a blend of oils, but it's mostly wax. And um, it's held up pretty well over the last, what, two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And that gets used all the time, but it definitely now feels like I should kind of freshen it up a little bit.
2: Well, see, and that's that's, um. the, that's the thing that gives me this impression is the few pieces that I have done with either, you know, like a raw oil or an oil wax blend, like, um, ooh, what's it called? Tried and true finish, which has a mm-hmm. uh, oil and wax blend. I use right. that on the rocker and – It looked great at first, you know, but, and the rocker does, it's not used all the time, but it does get, you know, someone sits in it at least once a week and now it looks practically unfinished. And so, yeah, so I mean there is some, and I put like, you know, eight, nine coats on that thing. So, so there (laughs) is some finish on the surface. It's still smooth. You could feel it. But if I were to walk into someone else's house and see that and not know its history, I would look at it and go, it looks like they just put like maybe one coat of oil on it and nothing else. So that's why I just, I right. have never had a whole lot of faith in that type of finish in the first place. And I'm have even less now in terms of actually providing a protection that truly can make a difference. Yeah. So yeah. interesting I stuff. Agree. All right. I well, agree. Cool. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out know. over time. For sure. Um, and if, if, if nothing else, just rub it on your face. That might be, uh, <laughs> it looks like it might, l- it looks like one of those shaving things like old school shaving cream, um, brushes. <laughs> Right. That's what it looks like to me. <laughs> just, nice. just a
1: wee bit coarser
2: than that. Just a little I, bit. Hey, you don't yeah. even need Harry's razors if you got one of those.
1: No, just <laughs> a, a gallon of their shaving cream.
2: Yeah, just uh, braid <laughs> it off. All right, let's get into what's new. Got a couple <laughs> cool things to mention for you here. Um, first one, I actually came across a post in the Wood Talk online forum, and someone said, hey, check this out. Looks like William Ng is getting into the online education realm. And if you go to wnwoodworkingschool.com slash courses, they actually have a course posted. Now, the price was there and it's since been removed. I'm guessing they haven't finalized it and it was it was previously listed at 149 and I think it actually gave a little bit more information and I might have ended up on, maybe I was on a different page, I don't know, um, but it is his coffee table, the green and green inspired coffee table which I took that class I have that in my living room that's my coffee table and it is awesome <laughs> so uh, I don't know again the price point 149 bucks but you're learning from from the man you know William Ng knows his stuff and he is uh, the, the guy that runs the William Ng Woodworking School and I am really anxious to see what you know, what, what this online presentation is going to look like for this. Um, so if you are interested, you can go to that link I said before, com slash courses. Check it out. There's nothing, doesn't look like there's anything there now, but I think if you sign up to the main newsletter, you'll definitely know when something happens here and when you could sign up for this class. Um, but yeah, if you're interested, go there and take a look because I think it'll be pretty cool.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's always always exciting to see new people jumping into the online education thing. It is. Rising, rising tide and ships and something, some sort of proverb. <laughs>
2: something like that. <laughs> rising tide sinks all ships? Is that what you say? Yeah, maybe well, Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's yeah, what I, I believe. <laughs> if
3: all
1: right. All this the, this uh, next one comes from Dusty. Um, and he actually says, I contemplated not sending you this link because this is so dangerous. The more I watched the vid, the more entranced I became with the designs that the electricity produces. So this is a YouTube video. That and we've seen the whole uh, like in plywood where an electrical current was run through. Yeah. This is actually somebody who's using it as a design um technique, I guess. Yeah, um, in, in solid wood, and I gotta say, the guy that does this, I think, backyard scientist or backyard scientist woodworker or something like that is the is the channel. He does a really good job of striking the fear of god into you at the beginning of this. <laughs> I mean, he's he's obviously been around the YouTube cul-de-sac a few times and knows that if you put something even slightly unsafe out there, you're going to get hammered. So there is like a a whole big like not just the Norm Abram's public safety announcement like you will die if you do this. Be careful, <laughs> you know. So I, nice. I I appreciate that he did that, but um, Dusty's right. It is, it's so cool to watch. Um, he's basically just hooking the electricity up to this board and you're getting these just crazy, like tree, like, or almost coral reef, like patterns that burn into the wood. And if nothing else, it's just really entertaining to watch. Cool. So, yeah. I personally am not going to do this because I'm scared to death of the technique, but <laughs> it looks cool.
3: I don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm dry, I, don't I don't that. definitely wouldn't do that in
1: the death thing.
2: <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> next one here
3: is from William thought you guys might want to take a look at this YouTube channel Samuel Mamus Mamius I don't know Mamius anyway, anyway there will be a link to this it's in French which I tried to watch earlier and as did Shannon it was very interesting um, but have a look at his, that sounds like something that might be French Yeah, my high school French <laughs> that's all I know
1: <laughs> I'm done now
3: he is building a shaker slash rubo style bench from a log to workbench. And he had a video about cutting up the logs out in the woods with a chainsaw mill. And I guess the, the wood is tamarind, tamarind. Hmm. Is the end silent? I don't hmm. know. Hmm. We sure. I don't know. Tamarind. Tamarind.
2: Eh. You know, I'm not a fan of the French accent. <laughs> <laughs> the French language, I should say. Let me just go right to that. Well, I I honestly, I didn't watch the video, but I did listen to the the first five seconds and I'm like, man, I just, a lot of people love it, right? You get that. You always hear that, at least in the movies, you know, it's the, it's the, the language of love to me. It sounds like the language of you got crap in your mouth and, um, I don't mean to offend anyone, because not like Jersey English is much better. But. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, don't know. I will uh, fully take take uh, you know the blame for a, a horrible uh, accent, but I, it just I don't know French just doesn't do it for me. It's weird. Oh, sorry about that. Total tangent. Sorry hey. to offend all the French listeners. I have nothing to say to that. Both of them. Yeah, just let me dig my hole. I'm fine. Hey, no, you, know <laughs> you got to go easy on me. I just had surgery. Little sympathy here. Uh, what true. do we got here? So kick back. Let's move into that. Did I miss anything? I tend to do that sometimes. No, we're good. No. no, we're kicking it back. Kicking it back. All right, so first things first, we've got Preston Norris who says, rubbing alcohol dissolves pencil lead graphite. Forget the acetone. So I guess someone was talking about removing pencil lines?
1: Yeah, I think Matt was telling me to rub acetone on my wood. And
2: and he says just use rubbing said, alcohol. Okay.
3: It's yeah. funny because I don't have rubbing alcohol in my house, but I have plenty of acetone. So... <laughs> There's that.
2: What about uh, just denatured alcohol? It's not know, isopropyl, but it'll you know should should work. I if, I'd imagine I'm if I'm a chemist was. like you are. <laughs> yeah, but you I, might I have. I still find um, I still find my smoothing plane works just fine. <laughs> uh, the uh, that that's that's the best. The uh, Neanderthal high horse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just, that's our well, favorite. that's what we were talking about last week. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I'll plane off my, my um, whatever, my layout marks and everything. Well, what we were talking about, like, hardware and finishing, and Matt was saying use yeah. blue tape mm-hmm. to mark the locations. And I thought, oh, that's really cool because, you know, then you just peel the tape off. Sure. And I was just saying, well, I just, I go back after the fact and smooth plane everything right before I go. And, you know, <laughs> that's that, works, be- that works just fine. I don't need any any acetate or rubbing alcohol or any of
2: that Yeah stuff. but see sometimes you're using a wood that isn't like you haven't been doing all hand tools up to that point and then you go yeah I'm just going to give a quick pass with a smoother and then you go oh crap and you got a whole bunch of tear out to deal with. Great boobinga. Is that, that's the worst. You're like yeah let me just hit it with the smoothing plane. It's, I've seen Shannon do that and then you just ruin the whole board. <laughs> <Fun> cherry. <laughs> that's right that's wow. why you got to work with Cherry. Cool.
3: Next is from Eric it says as a metallurgist who's taken to this PMV 11 plane blade, polish it with 0. 0.3 micron alumina and etch it with acids. Look at the microstructure. Then shot with an x-ray gun to learn about its chemical composition. I say, polish to 8,000 grit and drop your chisels. <laughs> there,
1: there
2: you, there you, you go. It, folks. <laughs> from a metallurgist. That's, that's the final word. Interesting.
1: And yeah. I I actually want to see him. I want to see that x-ray gun.
2: Yeah, it, it works like
1: those x-ray specs that you could get in the comic books?
2: No, uh, it sounds like <laughs> a weapon a villain should carry around.
1: <laughs> nice.
2: Um, we also talked
1: last week about um, walnut at Home Depot. We've now had several instances of people saying they have walnut in mm-hmm. their Home Depot. And Jonathan here in Maryland, actually south of me in Silver Spring, Maryland, did find some. And he confirms that it is S4S, but the stuff that he saw... Uh, was three quarters of an inch thick, so it's the typical kind of one by six measurement, where it's three quarter by five and a half instead of one by six. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got it at nine dollars and forty six uh, dollars a linear foot for one by six. What I found interesting is the one by four drops to five ninety eight a linear foot. So pretty whopping difference from one by four to one by six.
2: Interesting. So there you go, walnut showing up in Home Depot everywhere now. That's not you know it's nice in a pinch though. You know you're in the middle of a project, sure. you need an extra board. I don't know about. I mean, I would imagine most people. Your local Home Depot or Lowe's is likely closer than your hardwood dealer. You know, yeah. so in a pinch, if you just need one extra board or something, it's it's cool to well, have the else
1: Like, I I was at a point in a project this weekend where I actually needed some half inch thick cherry, and you know, I'm looking around. I just needed some small pieces of it, and I'm looking around at like the offcuts I had, and they're all eight quarter. I'm thinking, all right, I guess I get out the resaw and you know saw them down. It's like, wouldn't it be nice if I just like. I could get one of those S4S boards that's already at three-quarter because I could get it to half-inch in seconds. So, yeah, yeah, that's probably one of those things where the lazy man would have won out and I would have run over to (laughs) my people and pick up some some one-by-whatever cherry. Um,
2: So now, you know, you could do that with Walnut. Definitely. See, Matt doesn't need to do that. He just, like, throws on his suspenders and logging pants. and goes outside, picks out a tree, and says, you're mine.
3: Oh, we'll we'll talk later. It's a little more than that. Oh, is it? i got to plan a little more ahead (laughs) than than that. Okay. (laughs) Just, I can't. Like, nice. Oh, it's uh, ten o'clock on a Tuesday night, and a little bit of walnut. I'm going to go cut down a tree real quick and get <laughs> some wood to go here.
1: <laughs> Especially if you just need that half-inch thick board, you know, you can't just cut that half-inch thick board out of there. Yeah, just cut just it right your out your of the tree it and just cut it. Right yeah, you don't the even edge.
2: need the whole tree. Just slice, take a yeah. slice out of it. It's it's <laughs> eco logging that won't kill the tree at all either. Eco-logging, take a little slice out. It's yeah. fine. Just take a little eight-foot log out of this tree. Yeah, put it back together. <laughs> it'll be fine back up nah, just no sure problem. sure it up with some two by fours <laughs> just like, pop them in there it'll be fine uh, all right so let's get to our voicemail roulette this should be interesting there might even be like who who knows what's going to be in here but they're all legitimately like you know 40 50 second email or voicemails. so they let's hope there's actually something good in there so if it's the power company i already sent the bill oh good We're to a know late. Good, good to know
3: Hi, yeah, this is uh, Ruben Villanueva. I was just uh, giving you guys a call because I ended up getting a, an email from PayPal saying that my, uh, uh, that my uh, I guess, my monthly recurring uh, donation didn't go through.
2: Okay, I'm not going to play the whole thing. I don't know what, where, where he's going <laughs> to go with that. Um, but, okay, so he's having a problem with <laughs> PayPal. Gentlemen, I think this is just one more reason for us to start looking into the Patreon thing. You know, so, so we don't have to worry about PayPal, the, the cancellations and stuff like that. I'll have to listen to this guy's voicemail and see if I can help him out later, but uh, let's not listen to the rest of that. <laughs> okay,
1: next. <laughs> so far, voicemail roulette is a fail. Oh, for one, You're going really well.
0: This is a message for Zachary Hansen. If you are not Zachary <laughs> Hansen, please hang up or disconnect
2: us. <laughs> call. Okay, I'm going to hang up cuz uh, guess what? I'm not Zachary Hansen, and I uh, wish this lady true. would I wish she would stop calling. Cause she doesn't uh,
3: stop calling here. Yeah.
2: I'm going to have to hit block. All right. Okay. we got two more over uh, <laughs> oh two. Wow. We're doing two. real well so far. As this is, this is a wood talk classic right here.
3: Hey guys, this is Nate Collin from California and I have a repair question. I've been working on my Rubo workbench for probably a year okay. now and the top is all ash. It's about five inches thick I've been doing the double tenon joint into the top, so I had it up on edge and was cutting the dovetail cheeks with a circular saw. And as I put it down on the edge, which happens to be the very front of my workbench, um, the guard got caught in the cord and didn't cover the blade, and I went and cut right into the front of my workbench. So I have two nice gashes in the front of the workbench in the ash on the long grain. uh, it's probably three eighths of an inch deep, and it, they're pretty pretty gnarly looking. So, what do you got? Thanks.
2: Sounds like you got your first uh, dings in your workbench. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a workbench.
3: What's the problem?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to find two schools of thought with this. One is, who gives a crap if it's not you know functionally or structurally problematic, right? Uh, And then you're going to find the folks who are going to say, well, you know what? You could probably patch it in some way. You could almost make it look like an intentional thing. I think I would look at the pattern that it created and see if you can't maybe even repeat that elsewhere and then drive some walnut, thin walnut pieces into that kerf cut and see if you can actually make it look like an intentional inlay. (laughs) I mean, that's a possibility. I like that. I I actually did that on my first, like, "Quote unquote real bench that I did. Um, I had an area where I was kind of using a figured veneer for the very front apron, just to kind of make it look pretty. And I didn't; the, it was just too long for a single piece, so I had to end grain butt two pieces against each other. So the clamps slipped while the glue was drying, and there was a big gap between <laughs> those two. So I was like, well, okay, crap. So what I decided to do was route patterns, vertical patterns. It came up with just this like purple heart maple, purple heart maple sort of design. Put one there, and I'm like, well shoot, I just did one. Why don't I put, you know, two more? And I kind of did this like sporadic thing across the front and it looked fine. It looked great. You know, so I would think along those lines, there might be something you could do to almost make it look like it was on purpose.
1: Yeah. And more than likely, you're going to have to cause more destruction yep. before, before you're done. Yeah. Like, you know, cause you've just got these random saw curves in there now. So they're circular saws, So they're probably, you know, quarter inch uh, wide curves, I guess, something like that. Um. So you you may have to like come back and make an even bigger swath of destruction down the yeah. front in order to inlay that strip of walnut or purple heart or something like that. Um, <clears throat> or you can embrace the chaos and go with some sort of like spiderweb pattern and <laughs> just put more curves on it. And you know you could even uh, do the poor man's inlay. Well, it's not really poor man because it's just as expensive and use epoxy might actually be cheaper to put scrap wood in there than to fill it with epoxy but you know tinted epoxy or something like that um and and just flow it into there um and then uh you know plane it off or sand it off or whatever flush yeah that would be a a a really easy one to make sure you fill it in fully plus it's going to stabilize things a little bit more um although wood glued into place inlay it's going to be just as strong but i wouldn't give up the thought that You know, all right, well, I've got these two gashes. Now I need to make six more in order to, to, (laughs) to unify them a little bit. You know, if they're at a slight angle, you might have to widen that gash to, you know, two inches wide and actually inlay a whole strip on top.
2: Yeah, you know, you could also skin it. You know, just get a nice strip of quarter-inch stock or something like that. I don't know if you could afford whatever the design is. I don't know if it can allow for the front to come out a little bit further. Uh, but you could always skin it, and then what you're left with after that is the gap behind that essentially that veneer piece, and that could just be filled with epoxy or, or you know a, a piece of wood you can drive in there. So your flaw, your your visible flaw, is just reduced to the, that little tiny thing on the I think you said three eighths deep. That little three eighths by an eighth inch. Cut that you made there, so that might be one way. So from the very front, it's just going to look perfect. You can just skin it out. Yeah,
1: I mean it, it's a great opportunity to, to practice your inlay. That it is. <laughs> I've got, got a do. couple of patches on my workbench where that was like the actual lesson I was teaching for a video was mm-hmm. doing inlay, and it was like, well, look, here's a really gnarly piece of tear out on my ash bench, coincidentally. Yeah, and I was like, well, let's just cut it out and inlay a nice straight grain piece <laughs> right. over top of it. <laughs> And, you know, matching the grain and getting as close to seamless or invisible as possible uh, was was a, an exercise in and of itself.
2: Yeah. So, you know, in, embrace the suck. There you go. Matt, would you <laughs> just leave it as is or would you bother doing something pretty? Uh, I don't know. Because you don't actually see a picture of it. I don't know how
3: bad it really looks. Yeah. Easy for I us might, to
2: say. <laughs> I might it.
3: leave it if it's not terribly ridiculous looking. I mean, I have i'm making no effort to keep my bench safe it's a piece of equipment in my shop i beat the crap out of it um so i probably wouldn't mind as much but i get the feeling like oh i just built this thing when you build a workbench like that you put a lot of time into it. you put more time into that than a, like a lot of the furniture pieces you did probably previous to that mm-hmm. so i totally get the idea the thought to clean it up or fix it up I mean, there's plenty of ways you can go about it. If you want to, do a some kind of crazy sh- uh, like sand-shading inlay thing on there or something, a little oh, tree nice. a, on there or something. There you go. And your logo, if you have a logo, put your logo right
1: over that. Right. I don't in- know. Inlay a copy of the circular saw that caused the damage in the first place. <laughs> there you go. That way there's a story there that go. goes with it. See? Uh,
2: <laughs> I like that. I like that. Well, I mean, you well, could also you know, just look you, at it as the first ding you get in your car, you know, the one that yeah. really gets you mad. Well, you got it over with.
1: The thing, the thing is though, is if it is three eighths of an inch deep, that's a pretty big ding. I mean, that's going to collect sawdust, and that, it's just yeah. going to get annoying, and it could possibly, like, you know, chip away over time. Yeah, that's a pretty big
2: ding. Yeah, the epoxy um, fill at the very least. I mean, I, I'm yeah. just saying, don't try to hide it; just stabilize, stabilize it. it. Well, for instance, I have,
1: I have a saw kerf on my bench, um, so then one of the last times I was using my Festool track saw and I you know, I hung the plywood off the edge of the bench and put the track so that the blade wasn't going to cut into the bench and I forgot about the fact that the leg vice chop oh, is geez. right there so I have this nice parallel kerf across the top of my leg vice chop, so it's like,
3: eh, See, that, what are you going to do? That's a relief cut for when you're sawing something
1: oh, or yeah, it, yeah. pairing or something
2: that's It, it, what it that allows is. me,
1: it's a speed hole It
3: allows me to clamp <laughs> faster
2: Yeah, Very nice yeah. All right. So we got one more here. I think one more, let's, uh, see what this is about.
0: Hello, gentlemen, this is Ben in Jonesboro, Tennessee with a quick comment about chemical
3: strippers. One time I was stripping some furniture and I
0: guess I didn't pay enough attention. I went to the bathroom
2: and when I came back a little while later, I was like, Oh,
0: this is a little unpleasant.
2: And, um, Oh, never mind. Whoa, <laughs> that was an abrupt ending. <laughs> I guess he just didn't oh. like where it was going. Way <laughs> to leave us hanging. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, uh, wow. I, I, I'm 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 just trying to put my head together and, and wrap my head around what actually happened to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, did he get some uh, on his business? Like, what what happened? That's for my I gotta wear
1: those gloves, man, yeah. or take
2: the gloves off. I don't know. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Uh, that's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. I once did that at work uh, when I worked in a lab and I had a very embarrassing <laughs> moment. I just—I was in the middle of something. I had to go pee really bad, so I ran into the bathroom and I forgot to take my gloves off and what wound up happening was I left the bathroom. My gloves were still on and my boss was coming around the corner, happened to be female, which just seems to make it worse and if when you see someone come out of the bathroom with gloves on, there's only <laughs> so many variations of what just transpired, <laughs> right? Like Obviously, I didn't wash my hands, Obviously, I had my gloves on when I went in, and now I still have those same gloves on on my way out. I was like, well, okay, I feel like a real turd right now. (laughs) I didn't get fired, though, thankfully. I don't know why. I just totally unrelated, but thought of that. Um, All right. It looks like there's another voicemail here. Let's try it out.
1: Hey, Mark Shannon and
3: Matt Cromona. This is uh, Brian McCauley in Columbia, Maryland, and I'm calling to uh, talk a little bit about the Walnut at Home Depot um, oh, nice. There is indeed
1: walnut at Home Depot, and it is relative, uh, you know, relatively close to us, Shannon. Um, it's been probably a month or two since I've actually seen it, uh, but it is quite pricey, as you talked about in your show. And um, but it
2: is beautiful.
3: Uh, the stuff that I saw was definitely very, very clear, uh, without defects.
1: And uh, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure it was three quarters of an inch, not not a full one inch thick. Um, so there's that.
3: Um,
1: I probably won't be buying it. I prefer to buy my stuff in the rough. But, you know, in a pinch, if you're short of bored or you need some something, you know, it's there. So uh, thanks for the show, guys. I really like it. And, uh, you know, keep doing what you're
2: doing. All right. Later. Cool. Nice. And that's why I usually preview these things and put them in the right category because now we're listening to Kickback when we normally are answering questions. <laughs> What? No. Yeah, that, there, that. There's usually some rhyme or reason. Let me see if this is a new one here.
1: Hey, guys.
3: This is Jim from South Carolina. Uh, I had a question referring back to the last show when your guest star, Mark, was out. You um, <laughs> talked about wood movement, and sometimes you got to screw stuff down, uh, kind of disregarding the wood movement in that case. I was wondering um, maybe what Mark had to say about that, and if you had done things in the past um, that way, how they were holding up now. Um. Anyway,
2: thanks for the great show. Uh, bye bye. That's a great question because I did. But he's hear- saying
1: he doesn't trust Matt and I. I, I mean, well, I did hear, hear that I'm the
2: real expert. I did hear that, and I'm sitting there going, <laughs> "These guys are nuts. What are they talking about?" <laughs> Especially, I think it was Shannon who was like, yeah, I don't, you know, to be honest, I just screw it down. Where's it going to go? Um, I, I, do, I do have a problem with that way of thinking now that you mention it. So uh, maybe maybe we should talk about that. I, I tend to be a little bit more paranoid. You know, where's, it gonna go? uh, where's it going to go? Where's it going to go? I've been bit in the butt by wood movement issues like that where you think the legs and the apron should be enough to, to restrict its movement. Um, well, I've seen legs kind of you know so the thing kind of just rocks now because the two corners have started to curl up against you know whatever strength the the aprons and the legs have so I think it really depends on the weight of the wood um, how strong it is and exactly just how much that top decides it wants to move so I I would probably fall more along the lines of what uh, matt described he does which is at the very least well in shannon you mentioned this too you just kind of give it a little wiggle so there's just a little bit of room and most of the say, time let's it's take be the
1: whole conversation in context yeah here. yeah uh, it's usually just say screw it down
2: <laughs> but you did you didn't start that way uh, but you eventually ended up on a more reasonable position on the issue <laughs> so yeah so uh, I, I didn't 100 percent agree with that and you know what i actually I should have called in and left a kickback for this. It would have been yeah, much much cooler. cooler. Um, but I think Matt was uh wondering about the uh Epiphane's Matt finish, right? and I just shot him an email or a text about it to answer his question. Yeah. But um, I actually, I, I, this, I feel like we're jumping topic to topic here. Sorry about that, but um, I do like that matte um, finish Epiphanes material. I use that on the outdoor sitting bench, and the stuff is great. Um, you need at least two coats before you get a co- like a complete coverage over that high gloss that so it looks good, um, but I've used it a couple different times, and I really like it, and uh, it's, it's a very confusing product line, so you look at that matte finish, you're like, can I use this? Like, how does this work with the, is it as good as the other formulation, right? It, it's confusing, isn't it, it's Matt? It's very confusing. You have, like, no idea. Like, is this,
3: like, its own thing? Can I use this by itself like you would, like, normally, like, use a different sheen?
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, like, I, I went oh. out on a limb and I just bought it and used it and, <laughs> it. and the results were good. So I give a thumbs up to that. Uh, all right, one last voicemail and we'll be done with this.
1: This is Chuck Thompson from South Louisiana. I just cut some pecan with a chainsaw into some 2-inch thick slab. The humidity down here, even in winter, doesn't get less than 80%. How long do I wait to use that wood? It's not going to get that dry down here. Do I just check moisture in the barn where I do my woodwork? And if it's the same as that as an old piece of wood in there, do I use it? Or do I do something else? I appreciate your answer. Thanks.
2: Uh, A plus on the accents we're getting in on the show Seriously. lately. It was awesome. Fantastic. Um, so, Matt, what do you say to that?
3: I Go would ahead. check it against something in the house um, some, some piece of wood in the house, some piece of furniture you previously made, and uh, wait till the wood gets to that same equilibrium point. Nice. I don't, I'm not sure what that would be because I have no idea what it's like down there as far as equilibrium point goes, but just make it match. <laughs> make it match. Make
1: Goodness. it match. Uh, how that, are we the doing? The key on- is, 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 is equilibrium moisture content is not the same as relative humidity. Yeah. So you correct. may say it's 80% relative humidity. That doesn't equal the amount of moisture in your wood. It, that yeah. may mean that 14% is the equilibrium moisture content or it's 16 or it's 12 or whatever. You have to actually look at a board that, you know, has been around a while. Preferably in an environment where that furniture you're building is going to land.
2: Mm-hmm. You guys got yeah. time for one more? You think? Sure. All right, last this, one. Yes. This, is, this is actually the last one we have. This is a message for Zachary Hanson. Oh, Zachary <laughs> Hanson! You fooled Had us again.
1: again. <gasps> Zachary, you better call this lady back. She you know what I'm going to do?
2: There is a block option in Skype. I think I'm going to start using that. Zachary, you <laughs> get far too much credit on this show. Too like, much I'm air still, time. Like, out there doing something weird and like giving out a fake number. Yeah, I know. Seriously, this is ridiculous. All right, let's get into our email. Uh, first one I have here is from. Oh shoot, what is his name? Kyle, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Might not be. Anyway, he says, armor seal is my go-to finish. It goes on easy, looks great, durable, yada yada. But I found that if I open a can and use it over a few weeks, it gets noticeably thicker as time goes by. I assume that the most volatile parts of the mix are evaporating, despite me trying to always make sure that the lid is tightly sealed. My question is, what's that stuff that's left? I'm guessing that uh, what's left has proportionally more oil than poly? I haven't tried Bloxygen because I figure that if there's enough air exchange in the can to lose finished compounds, then I'd be losing the Bloxygen too. Uh, okay. Is this happening just while I have the can open for use? It is likely, or is it likely, that the changing formula is significantly affecting what I'm putting on the wood? Have I asked enough questions yet? Any thoughts will be appreciated <laughs> as your weekly hour of edumacation and entertainment. Okay, well, first of all, let's clear one thing Armor Seal is not a mixture of oil and poly. Right, so if it is changing in any way, you're just—it's a urethane mixture in there that's fairly diluted, so that it's easy to wipe. Um, don't be, you know, sort of confused by the label that says oil and urethane. On the front, that's deceiving. It's for for what we know as woodworkers and what we expect material to do. It's simply polyurethane that's been diluted, right? So if you are what you're experiencing there, in all likelihood, is a combination of things. You are losing, you know, some of the thinner kind of evaporates off, but what it's actually starting to do is cure. Um, so when you take that lid off, every time you take it off and you expose it to oxygen, and you know, the more you take out of the can and you put that lid back on, the more oxygen is sitting above that finish. Um, so every time you do that, you are slowly but surely curing the finish as it gets to the point that it's getting thicker and thicker until it eventually hardens, right? And when it does that, you might start to see chunks in there um, or it just might get goopy and, and, and kind of nasty. I've seen it do both of those things. So in your case, it's slowly but surely getting unusable. And as long as you could wipe it on the surface and still get a decent finish that cures in the expected amount of time, it's usable, And when it doesn't do those things, it's not usable. I wouldn't worry too much about doing much other than, I don't know, maybe if you want, add a little bit of thinner to it if it's getting hard to work with. Uh, But by the time it's that bad, it's usually ready to be thrown away anyway. So, you know, but you mentioned Bloxygen. You should try to use that. That could very well make a big difference for you because you're not really getting air exchange with the seal I'm assuming you're sealing it pretty well so you're not getting air coming in there you're just trapping air from when you had that lid off and the Bloxygen is putting a pocket of inert gas and getting the oxygen out of the can so that what you're trapping in there now is not oxygen and that's how it lengthens the life of your finish so go ahead and try to use some Bloxygen I think that actually would be a good a good move remember right that's a heavier
1: compound too so it actually drops and pushes the air out.
2: Yeah, right? it's essentially yeah. going to like sort of put this bed on top of it, and any little bit of oxygen that's left in the can is on top of that bed of gas, right? And it works works really well.
3: People stick marbles in the can too to take up space, yep. so there's less oxygen in there. Whatever, I guess rocks could work.
2: Yeah, anything Concrete. with weight. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And you know the um, other thing is not with armor seal, but if you've got some cans of finish like the vertical thin cans, you can actually squeeze those. So as you're um, getting ready to put the cap back on, give it a squeeze and actually bend the can so the liquid comes all the way to the top, and then throw that uh, lid down. And that's a good way to get as much air out of there as possible.
1: Another reason why I don't buy finish in gallon cans. <laughs>
2: Cause I thought you didn't buy finish because you don't finish. Yeah. Well, there's that. With that, but... that brush thing. So right, he's just <laughs> scrubbing it with bamboo, or whatever the heck it with is With my in there. broom, he's the, what is that? They look like no, a, no, no. Seriously,
1: I mean, you buy it in quarts or in some instances pints, yeah. And that way, I just don't have, you know. I mean, if, if I've got a, a a can, what I've got a gallon can of Danish oil, mm-hmm. and I've had it for a while, and it's at that point where where he's talking about, where it's like, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to let this thing go. You go to because, shake it,
2: and it doesn't make any noise at all. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think no this splashing. is bad.
1: More of a chunk, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, any anytime that I'm having to open and close that can, you know, three and four times, you know, I'm just thinking about finishing an extra or an average piece of furniture. I'm going through a fair amount of a high percentage of a quart of armor seal on a, you know, a decent size uh, piece of furniture. So yeah. that's why I buy it in a quart or smaller because that way I don't end up with a bunch of stuff laying around.
2: No, that's a good point. A finish, unless you're one of these people who's in a high production environment – It's not exactly the kind of thing you want to stock up on. Yeah. And if I have a little bit left in the can,
1: I finish stuff in the shop. Right. (laughs) People (laughs) ask what finish I put on my workbench. Whatever is left Mm -hmm. in the bottom of the can. Name one. (laughs) Basically what goes on my bench. Right. (laughs) They're all there. (laughs) Do you use finish? Yes. Which one? Yes. (laughs) 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 Very cool. All right. This uh, last uh, email comes from Kevin. He says, "I've finally been given permission to buy the lumber for our new bed, uh, using Mark's latest king bed design. Hey. And the wife hey. even found someone local on Craigslist with a good deal on large quantities of maple. I was hoping to use cherry, but it's quite expensive up here in the Pacific Northwest, and this was a really good deal. Hmm. I was able to get enough for the bed for three hundred dollars. Uh, I should have, I should have, clicked." Maybe checked. checked. Should have checked As I drove up and saw trees felled everywhere But being my first time buying nice lumber In this quantity, I was a little distracted Excited uh, it, it was not until I pulled Into the driveway that it dawned on me This is freshly milled lumber Dope. I know a little about drying wood And that it has to, needs to be done before using it to build This is my first time and I guess my mind Didn't put it together until it was too late <laughs> I now have 50 or so board feet Of wet lumber in my garage And an angry wife that wants her bed built Do I have any options with this lumber? Do I have to paint the ends and wait a year, which means I have to go buy more lumber right now? feel like an idiot, and I made a likely expensive mistake. So, Kevin, you're not an idiot. You're just ahead of the game. You're well prepared. A couple years early. (laughs) You're just prepared. So there's a couple of things here. The the fact of the matter is, is, yeah, you can't really build with that. If the stuff is freshly cut, it could have... A huge amount of moisture, but it's probably not going to be as moist as you might think it is. Just is for the people who don't like that word, moist. When
2: say it a lot. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, what is with that? Why do people not like the word moist? I have no idea. I always
1: thought that was weird, too. I've I like heard, it just because it annoys people, and I just like to say it a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, now that anyway. you know it bothers people, definitely use yeah. it all the time.
1: <laughs> moist
2: um there's a there's a trick
1: that a lot of the sawmills I work with use both domestically and and foreign when you first fell the tree they'll often stand them up. You'll see these huge x patterns where the the wood is laid on a on a rack kind of like lean on a rack, and then on the other side of the rack is lean the opposite way, forming an x, and that freshly cut lumber. The water, the free water, the, the stuff that's not bound in the cells themselves, the free water will actually drain out the end by standing it up vertically like that. So if you've got a freshly felled tree and you actually like take that board and just lean it up against the wall, um, you come back like a day later, there will actually be a puddle of water underneath that board while that, that unbound water has drained out. I don't know the exact moisture percentages. I mean, I think when a tree is freshly felled. You're probably upwards of 80%. Um, moisture content. I don't know that for certain, but it's high. Um, When you let the water drain like that, the only thing you're left with is the bound water that's actually in the cell walls itself. But a lot of times, depending on the species, certainly, you'd be amazed that the moisture content can be like in the low 20th percentile just by letting the free water drain out. So that's the first thing you want to do. Now, recognizing the fact that Kevin submitted this like four months ago. Sorry, Kevin took me a while. Build your bed. Um, this may not be helping Kevin right now. Congratulations. Other than get started now, Kevin, cause you're good to go. Um, but if, if you do end up, cause you are going to get a great deal on, green lumber because the the labor and everything that went into drying it is not there. So it's not to say that you shouldn't buy it. You just have to recognize that you can drop that moisture relatively quickly by standing it up on end and letting that moisture drain. Then once that's happened, then you want to go ahead and paint the ends, paint it anchor seal, whatever, wax it to help slow that exchange because now there's not going to be any more water draining out the pores because it's bound water inside the cell walls themselves. Slowing that down will help to prevent things from checking and you could consider building yourself a solar kiln. Um, But here's the other thing. If you have, like in this case, you have a, a bed you're already planning to build, once you've sealed those ends, you might think about cutting it down closer to size. Now leave it you know, because the checked ends, when when the, the wood is drying, those ends are, are liable to check. So you might want to leave an extra 6 to 8 inches on the end of that board. And if you need a 36-inch board, cut it, you know, we'll say 10 inches longer. But already, you're now exposing fresh uh, material that's going to help things dry faster. If you need to rip it down, rip it down. If you've got an 8-inch wide board and you only need 4 inches, rip it to six inches or five inches, you know, you, you may have to play with that Error on the side of caution, keeping it wider. Um, but the closer you can get it to your final size, breaking down of those smaller sticks, the faster it's going to dry. You're going to expose more and more material. That's going to dry it down a lot faster. Case in point. Um, last time I built the Windsor chair, um, we split it right out of a, out of a wet log and we were forming spindles And when we first started forming the spindles, the wood was sopping wet to the point where, like, you're getting water spilling off the draw knife and hitting (laughs) you in the face. By the end of the second day, we're talking less than 48 hours, this wood was dry because we were shaving it down to really thin. And every time we – every swipe of the draw knife exposed fresh material that was then, you know, spilling moisture out into the air. And this is when I was down at Roy's shop in – you know, the late summer North Carolina where it's really humid. But we actually had spindles that were were dry by the time we were done, like three days later. So granted, spindles are very, very thin, but you can see just how we're moving wood and cutting it down closer to size will help speed that along. Then you can build yourself a dry kiln. Get some plywood, um, line it with a, a, like a, buy a space blanket or something at a, at a, you know, an REI or some sort of outdoor store put a light bulb in the thing be careful here folks <laughs> just throw the public service announcement but for instance back to the windsor chair thing when we actually steam bent all our backs and everything we put it inside a plywood box it was uh, about a five foot we'll say a five foot cube it was less than that but it was five by five by probably two feet deep um, with a single light bulb and our bending forms and put them in there, and we essentially kiln dried it. And it's Hmm. something you obviously have to check on, um, but we lined the inside with a reflective material. It wasn't quite aluminum foil. It was a little more than that. Um, And we were able to dry our lumber down. You can do the same thing with a solar kiln, and there's lots of plans online for a solar kiln. Um, Or you can paint it and leave it. For a year and come back to it later. But what I'm saying is, you don't necessarily have to just sit there and let it wait. Right. Um, Matt, you've dried a fair amount of lumber. Um, Constantly. What say you, I
3: got a whole stack of it right here beside my desk.
2: Yeah.
1: See, you're sitting on <laughs> wet
2: lumber right now. That's how he does how it. He, he, he absorbs the moisture through his butt. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like a That's mama, nice. bird, like a mama bird <laughs> on his nest. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I dry a lot of stuff in
3: my my basement. It's basically the same thing. It's a dehumidification kiln here because it's so dry all the time, especially in the winter time. So like the best time to dry lumber is in the wintertime here indoors because it's room temperature and it's like you, like 30 percent humidity in the house. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about in the winter time we don't have a humidifier for our central air, so the lumber throws moisture in the air and kind of makes you know our skin nicer. Nice
2: and it's smells easier. like uh, maple and walnut. It does. This smell really good. Um, <laughs> The whole Cremona family is walking around. Your, little, your kid goes to daycare. Why does it? You know your son smells like walnut, right? Yes, we do.
1: Yes, we charge for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh. It's
1: good so, cologne. Fact good. of the matter is, long story short, too late. You have options. Yeah. Other than just you know painting the ends and coming back in two years. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think you have to necessarily go to that extreme.
3: And he's got a good supplier now. That's the way I started. It's a slippery slope, but I I went to that next step of buying wet lumber and drying it myself, and that's what eventually led me to producing all my own lumber, because it was a heck of a lot cheaper to buy wet lumber and just stack it in a corner for a few months and let it dry. The other thing you didn't say is how thick it is, or I'm guessing it's eight quarter for the the bed. Yeah. Thanks, what you use for that, right, Mark? Yep. Mm -hmm. So uh, it depends on where you put it, depends on temperature, depends on humidity, depends on the environment. You know, that one year per. Per inch of thickness is like the biggest crock in woodworking, I think, because it just totally doesn't take into account any of the variables. It's like the worst case scenario.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, because here, mm -mm. (laughs) everywhere (laughs) you go, it's a solar kiln here and things are going to move pretty quickly.
3: Yeah, Yeah. like here in the if I do it in my basement from wet lumber, like right from the mill, not like stood up on end, just like cut the board wet, stick it down in here with three or four months per inch. At the most. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Okay. You know? be. well, the but funny you have got an airflow on it too, right? Uh,
3: I vary it because I can actually dry it too fast in here.
2: Ah, okay.
1: Interesting.
3: So I, I put the fans on. In the beginning, I put them on the most because you're trying to get all that free moisture out. And that's when it's like, it's, uh, what's it? Reverse exponential curve where it's like mm-hmm. losing a lot quickly. And then towards the end, it's slowly, slowly, slowly. The rate slows. Yeah. So you dump a lot of moisture in the beginning. So in the beginning well, is when you want to, to get
1: that molding too.
3: Exactly. You want to get that moisture off the surface. So the molds and grow. So in the beginning I'll do more fans all over it. And then as it, um, as time goes, I'll do less and less until I just have the fan on maybe eight hours, a couple times a week, just blowing through the, through the stack.
2: Yeah. And he's, it's he's about- upset about it. And I'm thinking to myself like, man, if he's got the room to do this, I would love to have a resource like that.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. I'll go buy some more. Yeah. Totally. About 50 board yeah. feet. It's.
2: No, he's there.
1: saying for three hundred dollars he got fifty board feet or so. That's not that good. Seems deal. expensive.
2: That's maybe $6 it's do Don't foot. don't tell him that. Like on top of everything, you're going to tell him he got a Sorry. bad deal. <laughs> Whoops. Well, you know,
1: maybe it's twelve <laughs> quarter. If it's twelve quarter. That's a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's cheaper. Really actually, it's
3: too. not a good deal because it's at the mill, it's actually less costly for them to cut it because there's fewer cuts to the the saw. That's true. Mm. All the money and
1: the thicker stock is to the guy doing the drying. All right. So, Kevin, what Matt is saying is you should feel like an idiot. Not me. I didn't say that, but <laughs> no. Matt's saying that. Oh, man. It's my turn to You should to feel like that? an idiot.
2: Oh, yeah. Time <laughs> to throw you under the bus. So, there you go. Direct your anger, Kevin, at uh, at uh. Matt. Oh, good stuff. Now, I
1: think it's an exciting first step towards a wider world of woodworking, Kevin. Could be. You're going to start drying your own lumber. You're going to start, you know,
2: you're going to have a wood miser next. That's right. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> you start emailing Matt. You can start growing your hair out real thick and- Throw your beard out. There you go. Yeah. You're still never going to build that bed, but you can have your own lumber. You will look the part, so that'll be good. <laughs> build the boards on the ground, put the mattress on top. there's a platform bed. There you go. What's the problem, dude? I I made a joke post about uh, pallets at some point, and um, <laughs> and somebody like didn't say anything. They just posted this picture of a bed like a platform bed made out of pallets and it was literally nothing more than a bunch of pallets screwed together to create this platform and someone put like lights and stuff under it and I couldn't figure out whether this person was giving a rebuttal thinking look how nice this is how dare you make fun of pallets or can you believe someone did this this is made out of pallets I couldn't tell where they were coming from with it Uh, but it reminds me of that like yep let's just call it a platform bed (laughs) perfect (laughs) Oh, good stuff Alright, well that about wraps it up. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can. You can set up a recurring or a one time donation over at woodtalkshow.com. You could pick up a WoodTalk t shirt at twwstore.com or you could leave us a rating over in iTunes. We got a bunch of them here. I'll try to read some of them. The first one is a three star rating. We don't get many of those, but I'm not sure that I believe it. Like it might not be a legitimate one. Because the subject is dumb kid and the, the write up says sad. Now I don't I'm know what any kit. of that I don't know what that means but that I am not going to accept that as criticism. <laughs> I'm going to accept that as a mistake. How about that? Uh, let's see. We've got one from Freebirds says, uh, they sure love to talk about their wood. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I choose Wood Talk. And uh, Chuck, with a bunch of numbers after his name, says three guys with a passion. Always fresh, always witty, mostly educational. I hate it when each show ends. Always wanting more. This is the last one I'll read. Uh, Chad Magiria says, Uh, the good voice is in my head working in the shop is not exactly the most social activity in the world after a while you can even forget how to talk to others altogether. so after I get tired of having all the same conversations uh, with my Stanley number five again for the third time I know it's time to go get the latest episode of Wood Talk so I can metaphorically share the journey with some other folks in the shop keep up the good work cheers I love that yeah isn't that yes. great it's nice to know I mean we've all been there we spend a lot of time in our shops alone I'm sure you guys listen to a bunch of podcasts and those people kind of they do become sort of like your your uh, virtual friends hanging out with you because you don't have anybody else to talk to
3: yeah I'll tell you it was really weird coming on the show for the first time like oh. right you guys talked back and like <laughs> we actually talked back? Now?
2: Yeah, these were the voices in your head for the longest time. <laughs> and now now you can't get us out of your head. We can't we keep bothering you, even when the show's not on. It's great. Yeah, leave me alone, guys. I know. Jeez. He's like why I'm did I ever again. why did I ever give him my cell phone number? <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, all right, Shannon, how about you give him the contact info and we'll get out of here? I can do that because if you really
1: have comments, questions, or topic suggestions, there are several ways to contact us. You can leave a voicemail on Skype. Um, and if your name is, what was his name? Zachary. Zachary Hansen, I think. Yeah. Zachary Hansen, Um You have several voicemails on our Skype. So make sure you call that lady back. <laughs> yes. Um, don't, don't call us again, Zachary. Anyway, leave a voicemail on Skype. Our username is WoodTalkOnline. You can call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180 or use our contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact and leave us a comment on our website at woodtalkshow.com. I also have a Facebook page somewhere in there and you can also find us at woodwhisper.com renaissancewoodworker.com, and mattcremona.com. Boom, baby. Handler.com.
2: Yeah, exactly. Hanson, Hanson, get it right. Zachary, Zachary Hansen. Sorry. Yes. Handler. That's a Hansel. comedian. Hansel. So I right already now. Cool. Hansel. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50.